A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him, one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. The Gospel of the Lord. So three days ago, we joined those in Jerusalem in exclaiming, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! And now in two days, we're also going to join those same people and cry out, Crucify him! So how in the world can, in a matter of a week, we have this sudden complete shift? It's so drastic. The answer to that question and how this can happen, I think, is in a lot of ways revealed in today's gospel. Jesus announces to his 12 closest followers, One of you will betray me. And so they reply, one by one questioning, Surely it is not I, Lord. Surely it is not I, Lord. One by one dumbfounded that one of them would be the one to betray until they come to one who has a similar but importantly different response. For he replies, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. In this moment, while it's veiled, this distinction reveals the disposition of the apostles. To call Jesus rabbi is to certainly acknowledge and recognize him. To each of the apostles, he would have been certainly rabbi. But to end the relationship there is to be non-committed. Because there could be other rabbis. This simply recognizes Christ, but it fails for that one to then submit to him as Lord. 
And so to call Jesus Lord as the other apostles, they not only recognize him, but then they choose and they follow that up with an act of submission. You are my Lord, and you alone will I serve. So it's here that we see how the unthinkable can happen. For to each one of us, Jesus makes himself vulnerable. And for those who are in love, love makes us vulnerable. Because it's those that we love that can hurt us the very most. And Jesus loves us. He gives to us his entire being in vulnerable love. And we can either venerate him as Lord, or while still certainly recognizing him, we can deny our submission and entertain the tap on the shoulder, have a conversation with the ancient serpent and ask, well, what would you be willing to give me? And so little is offered, and yet we take him up on it. And in exchange, we beat his back, we pluck his beard, we buffet and we spit in his face, we crucify him. And yet, he keeps coming back to us with his divine mercy and love, asking to be our Lord. But it's difficult to perfectly conform to him as our Lord. It's easy to make him rabbi. It's easy to cry out, crucify him. But like the other apostles, when we perfectly and truly make him Lord, we no longer cry out, crucify him, but we look at him and we just say, Lord, crucify the sin which is in me.